All right, and that sign says apnea. That is a temporary cessation of breathing common while sleeping. Wait a minute. No, hold on. That That's applause. That's applause. All right. Hey, Greg, could you flick that switch for me? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Now, remember, you are all a big part of TV. So the better you are, the better BJ is. All right, you see that nice lady over there? She's giving me a sign, and that sign says that we are on in 10 seconds. All right, get ready to have a good time. Joining BJ on the show today will be Paracelsus Caspari. Okay, all right, here we go. This is exciting, isn't it? All right, everyone, quiet on set, please. In five, four, three, two. Okay, it's recording. It's going. Hello, I'm BJ Mendelson. Parrot, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Para from Twitter, I guess. Uh, that's just my internet username. So, yeah, I exist on Twitter, and I, I guess I draw comics. So that's <laughs> mainly my uh, two things that define me online. Uh, I'm the same way. Like, if I if I didn't have that Twitter account, I'd be, like, non-existent. Uh, yeah. But, but you draw. So, like, let's talk about that. Like, what do you so tell us? What are you drawing? Right now, I draw lots of things, but the primary thing I'm working on is a webcomic called 12 Scenes. So I write the scripts and draw them, and then I made a website for it, and I post the finished issues on the website when I'm done with them. Basically, just like my, like when I was growing up, I was always like, oh, why can't I just go to marvel.com and read all the new comics? Why do I have to like find them individually? And then like, you know, I, I would always wish that they would have, like, uh, bonus features, like, you know, the, the character profiles and everything, because that's what other things did. Like, you know, if you went to, like, uh, streetfighter.com, you would see all the characters and their height and weight, stuff like that. So I always just thought that it would be nice if I had my own comic and then I'd draw those things. So, yeah, I figured out, like, uh, how to, like, make a website and do all the character stuff and world building stuff. So it's just on there. And then, obviously, the main event is the issues themselves. So I just, like spend time drawing the pages and once they're done they're done and i just post them there so that's what i've been doing basically since the middle of the pandemic like uh march 2020 and then obviously i was learning as i went so it i i, I did like five pages and did like a preview and then i spent basically like half the rest of the year making the rest of the first issue because i wanted to be like the full professional like the first issue would be 30 pages and the rest of them would be 20 so that's basically just what I've been doing since. But then I also draw that stuff like in free time casually. So what was the, so was it the pandemic? Was it, was that the moment where you're like, now's the time to do this? Yeah. It's basically just like I, the idea had been kicking around in my head for a while because it's just something where I, I stopped drawing for a long time. Like I used to draw for basically my whole life, but then like towards the end of college, I kind of stopped because like academics just became like very difficult. And then I used to draw traditionally before, but around, like, 2018, I got, like, the new iPad, and it had, like, an Apple Pencil. So I'm just like, okay, I can start drawing digitally again. So because I had lost all those muscles, I basically had to start from, like, scratch of, like, trying to get good again. So I basically spent most of 2018, 2019 trying to get to the level I want where, like, this could actually look like like the level of some of the professionals I admire, like Carmen Carnero and all those Marvel dudes. So, yeah, I just, like, the... The pandemic came at the perfect time because all of a sudden I was at home for long periods of time and I could just be like, okay, yeah, once it's 5 p.m. I can turn my brain off from work and then just like, you know, start doing all the art stuff that I actually enjoy doing. So, yeah, the pandemic was a good uh, catalyst, but then I had kind of decided 
like that that was just something I was going to do once I felt like my art was where I wanted it to be then I would just start because the 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 amount of improvements that you get from just starting the thing is so much quicker and more insane than the stuff of like oh when you're getting ready because oh, it won't be good enough and it's just you know it's just part of the process of like being able to look back at the stuff and be like oh wow this is really not as good as it is now but like if you never started you would never have gotten to where you are now yes. like it's just that's just how it is so it's it's too true uh so let me so let me ask you when you what is what is your process like so you're creating at home and you're drawing so just can you tell us a little bit about what that's like walking through and creating each page hmm. so basically um like i know most people who like are familiar with comics know that most comics at least in north america is like a writer and an artist and a colorist and a letterer so the and if you think of it like a pipeline of comics the first stage is always like writing the script because i'm not so like kirby brain that i can just like stare at a blank house and look at so i just write the whole issue first and then once that's done, then I now start, like, I have, like, a group chat of some of my friends who, one of my friends, I basically call him my editor because that's just, he's good at, like, writing and stuff. So I send the pages to him and he just, like, looks at it and he's like, okay, maybe this word works better. But once it's done, once he's like, yeah, this looks good, then I'll start, like, drawing it. And then the drawing is pretty, like, um, straightforward. I have, like, a uh, drawing tablets like a Hoyon Canvas Pro 16 and I use clips to do a paint on that and I have an iMac that is just like purely for art so usually every page I start by like penciling I just like do the layout of like how I want the page to look and then after that's done I now start inking and then that usually takes, I wish I was faster, but usually takes like one or two days. These days I settled into a rhythm of like the first days for like all the backgrounds and then if I can get started on some figures that's amazing and then the second day is for like all the figures. And then the third day is for ideally coloring and lettering. But then sometimes because I'm lazy and like I'm on Twitter, I end up pushing it to the fourth day. So like my, my goal, my ambitious goal was like, you know, a page a day, like all the proofs. But I quickly realized that like, okay, those guys that do a page a day, they're also not coloring. So yes. they yeah. can <laughs> afford to do a page a day. But like, because I'm also coloring, it's like, okay, let me be more realistic. So these days I settled into like two pages per week. And that's a bit more like, it's a bit of a lofty goal, but I like when I achieve it, so it feels good. And so usually once I'm done inking, I just color, then letter, and then onto the next page. And it's just satisfying to like have the script in front of me on like my tablet, and I'm just scrolling to the next page, and then I start drawing. And it's just like, it's kind of therapeutic to just like spend the evenings doing all of that. Obviously, it helped with the pandemic. It's not like I could do anything else, but like now that stuff is like opening up again, there's stuff that comes up like, oh, my friend wants to watch the new Batman movie, so I'll spend Thursday, and then I kind of feel guilty a little bit. I'm just like, I'm doing it for fun. It's not like it's a job. I don't have any editor that's sending me emails like, when is this going to be done? So I just try to <laughs> let it not be too hectic. But, like, yeah, it feels good to just, like, have something that is, like, I know I can count on it. Like, um, every day I have something to draw, and it's just, like, um, this is a bit of a tangent, but, like, before I started the comic... Uh, in 2021, like I resolved to like draw every day for a whole year to see if I could do it. Cause like it's, it's a bit of a meme. I just like, oh, draw every day. So I want to see if I could do it. And then I actually did. And it was kind of fun. But I found myself where like a lot of days I would just like cheat and I would just like post in progress shots from the comic as part of like my daily drawing. But like this year I decided that, okay, let me not, not let me not do that. And let me actually just things that are completely different from the comic. So it's it's kind of been like almost freeing to have like 
okay, this is a comic thing that I'm working on. This is a serious thing. But then the stuff that's not the comic, I can then kind of like have fun. So I've been experimenting with like painting, trying to like, you know, draw shapes instead of lines, like just like stuff that's fun that I can just like take my mind off like the monotonous <laughs> comic stuff. Because, you know, everyone that has ever tried to make a comic knows that like, once you actually have the story written and you have it's in progress, it's very it's not much it's not very dynamic. You're just like going through the motions, just trying to bring it to life. So there's not that much, you know, spice that can be done from it. So anything you can do to like inject anything exciting into the process so it doesn't become a chore, because that's what I fear the most of where this I become miserable doing this thing. So I try not to have it get to that level and so far it works pretty well. Hey, it's me, God. I know it's been a while. And I haven't been the best dad, especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay, too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot! And so now God needs your money. Like, for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? B.J. Mendelson. So give him $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. And if you don't give B.J. your money, you and I are going to have problems. Big ones. Commercials suck, and hopefully one day we won't need them. But until that day comes, we have bills to pay, brother. What the fuck is this copy? I, I don't know, man. BJ wrote it, and I think he was high when he did it. How do you know he was high? I just, I read through it, and I just have a, f- I don't know, man, just read it. <laughs> what kind of bills do we have to pay? Well, for starters, you wouldn't believe how much it costs to feed a super intelligent ape who wants to kill Superman? Yes. At first he said he would pay BJ rent, but then some asshole told the ape about squatters', squatters rights? Yep. And he's a supervillain, you know, so he stopped paying rent, and now we all kind of work for him? He's a terrible boss. One time he was eating some guy's face and just left the rest of him in the middle of the floor. I guess it's better than working at Amazon, though. Anyway, the apes got this cool-ass setup in the basement of BJ's mom's house. You should see it. There's this kick-ass pool down there. I have no idea how you get a huge pool in the basement of a small house, but he found a way. Separate lines, he found a way. Now, if only... The ape could remember to take out the garbage in his office before he leaves for the weekend. Everyone else does it. And that includes Stephen Wheat, who works in accounting and shits out of his mouth. <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on here in Harriman, New York, home home of the... Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure he was high, but let's just get back to it. <laughs> now, let's get back to the show. That's great. So I have this set of questions I ask everybody. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've already talked about one of them, but if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're okay with it, we'll we'll go into that. Yeah. 
because I, I think we've touched on I, we touched on a lot of them already, but like, yeah. I, I want to really hone in for people listening. Mm-hmm. So tell us tell us a bit more. Like so, you you mentioned the comic real quick, but but tell us a bit more about it. Like what's it saying? Where can we find it? What tell us if you're pitching it to someone for the first time? How would you pitch it? Okay, so if I was pitching it, I would just pitch it as a fantasy series that is asking questions of the status quo because I find that a lot of fantasy series, and I know this can be maybe like self-important to like write something that's a response to a genre, but like a lot of fantasy I find most of the time there's not that many black characters and it just kind of like assumes things about the world and doesn't question them. Like most, a lot of fantasy has like kings and queens and stuff too. This is just a fantasy series that is me asking, what if fantasy had a lot of black characters and what if fantasy was about like the monarchy being the bad guys and not like the good guys fighting for the monarchy? And obviously it has a standard fare of like, you know, magic and elemental powers and stuff like that. But like I tried to imagine that this story is for people who are like me and have always wanted to see what the... What, what fantasy would look like if the bounds were like a bit more wide in terms of both the like political assumptions of like who is good and who is bad. And then also the people who are, you know, active participants in the story in terms of what they look like was obviously most of the characters are like dark skin. They have hair like mine because that's just what I like to draw. So yeah, I would just pitch it as a fantasy story with, you know, political, religious, scientific themes, and, like, if any of those things sound cool to you, then maybe you could read it and be like, oh, this uh, person has magnetism powers. I've never seen that in a fantasy series. I've seen it in superhero comics, but... And then also just things like, um, you know, what would... What would... um, If the Catholic Church, you know, didn't, you know, reject science, what would that look like? If the Catholic Church was like, okay, maybe there is, you know validity in you know scientific pursuits because you know most of slight tangents but like you know most of those guys who are like discovering planets and stuff they weren't doing it because they wanted to prove the catholic church wrong they were like i want to prove them right i want to understand it so that i can like be fulfilled and stuff so yes it's just me asking like okay so what if the catholic church was like okay yeah it kind of does make sense that electricity and magnetism are like connected so like let's investigate that and so that's just it's just ideas that i've always found interesting and i'm just like pouring them into this one thing and hopefully compelling characters can get people to be like, oh, well, check out the next one when it comes out. And then the place where you can find it, um, the name of the comic is 12 Saints, but my uh, imprint slash label slash studio is called Metal Cathedral. So metalcathedral.com, Metal Cathedral on Twitter are where you could go to read them. But because... uh, Obviously, it's a webcomic. I also put it on Webtoon, and I also put it on Tapas, and I think Graphite as well. So Webtoon, 12 Saints, Tapas, 12 Saints, or I think if you just Google 12 Saints, metalcathedral.com would probably be the first result. So Because it's, I don't think it's a very common name, <laughs> 12 Saints, but uh, if you read it, you'll find out why it's called that. And then, so, yeah, but 12 Saints is the comic, and it's found on metalcathedral.com primarily. The website has all the bonus features I talked about, like character profiles and stuff like that. So that's the intended, like, you know, uh, place where I would expect people to read this. But if they like the endless scroll, they can read it on Webtoon. And if they like the clicking 
page for next page. I think they can read it. I think that's how Tapas works. I'm not sure, but like it's in a lot of places basically. That's very cool. So like, we touched on the second question a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold in just a bit on what, what is it that drives you? Like why, what makes you get up in the morning and, and want to create? Like, what is that fuel? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I would say maybe just like a lifelong inclination to just, you know, because I guess there's, there's two moods of existing, like in your free time, you can either be active or passive and so things like watching tv listening to music those are very passive like you're not really if you're sitting down and watching tv that's something's happening to you versus people who you know do poetry or do uh, crochet or do sewing or do you know drawing and painting that's very active like you're you're engaged and i guess maybe just my brain being so hyperattentive like i always just like to be stimulated like i always like to be I just want to always be doing something. So even in the days when I wasn't drawing comics anymore, I was, you know, editing videos and like editing music, like making, playing with GarageBand, playing with Logic Pro 10. Like I always just wanted to be stimulated. So I guess these days, the fact that I know now that I have gotten my art abilities back to the level that they used to be at, like when I was in school, that so I can... I mean, I, I like to see myself improve and I have to see like, wow, this page looks so much better than the previous page. And I can't even basically look at the first issue anymore because like, oh my God, who told me this was finished? Like, <laughs> right. yep. how, how, how did I, I know that think well. I was done? <laughs> yeah, but like there's just every, every just like, I always tell my other friends that draw always like, um, always be prepared for the thing you just did to be the worst thing you've ever drawn because the next thing is going to be so much better. Like, oh my god, how you told me that was? But like, yeah. So I guess what I would say what drives me is just the the need to just be stimulated, and then creative expression is just a very good outlet for that. Is there a uh, so I like to tell people about the Stephen King book on writing, where mm. uh, one of the things that he says is that you have to have either an ideal audience or not, I'm paraphrasing, like an ideal audience or an ideal reader. Oh, so he wow, he talks sick. about having like his wife is his ideal reader or his ex wife now, or I don't know. But but the question really is when you create this, like who are you writing it for? Like who who is the audience that you want to reach? Mm. Who is the ideal audience? Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be just people like me, people who grew up in the 2000s on, like, you know, comics and, you know, the people who grew up in an era where, I guess, geek culture became, like, mainstream, but then it still didn't reflect their necessary, like, their experiences, like, fully. Like, we, you know, there's so much talk these days about, like, diverse media, but, like, for me, what I truly believe is that the diversity should just not just be on the page, but behind the page also. So I guess I'm just, my ideal reader is someone like me who likes comics and likes fantasy with black characters. And it's like, wow, this is cool. And I guess they also like science too, because like, and it, 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 it's, it's fire, water, ice, and, you know, air is good. But then gravity, magnetism, those are also cool too. So I guess, yeah, my ideal reader is just like, person who likes comics, person who likes science, person who likes fiction with black characters. Now, so you're doing a lot of world building. Is there is there a particular tool that you use to help, like, as you create? Like, what what is the tool that you use to kind of keep this all going? So um, this idea came to fruition purely from the notes app. Just like a random summer day in 2020, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to write everything down so I can have it. And then from the notes app, it uh, went to 
Procreate, obviously, on iPad for lots of sketching and concept stuff. And then the actual drawing takes place on Clip Studio Paint. And I've heard of applications that, like, help with, like, world building, that have, like, charts and stuff. But I'm, again, I'm so hyper-attentive that I like to just, like, manually do everything. So, like, every single map, every single chart, every single data page, like, I did all the graphic design, I did all the stuff. So, like, I am, I'm very tactile. Though I'm sure tools like that exist, but so far it's just notes app and inshallah. Like, I'm just writing writing stuff that comes. I'm making, like, timelines in notes app. So, yeah, notes app is probably the biggest one in terms of, like, organizing thoughts. I mean, like you sound like a one-man army. <laughs> like, you know, you got to do all the different, yeah, all the different jobs. Yeah. Uh, so, if you had to, if you had to pick someone to give a shout out to, or, or someone that you think another creator did you did you think I should talk to next? Like, who would that be? Uh, I think it would be Zoe Tunnel and Valentine Smith. They are two. Um, prominent, like, they're prominent on X-Men Twitter, so, like, they're always talking about, you know, recent, like, X-Men stuff, but, like, they also have their own comic, it's called Bleed Maidens, and I think Zoe is the writer and Valentine Smith is the artist, but it, it has, it, it's just a phenomenal, unbelievable. They also have, like, a website that they posted to, though them, they're not like me, they have more sense, they release one page at a time, so... Sure. People don't have to wait three months to see the next issue. But they re- they release fairly often. And it's just like Vantai Smith has this art style that's very, it's, it's very difficult to describe. But when you see it, it's just so instantly distinct. It, it looks like the paintings that you'd see in like Catholic churches on stained glass. Like it has this very 2D, but like incredible colors, incredible lines. And it's just like, to see that in a comic with the palettes and it's just really indescribable. So if, if I could hear her talk about her process, it would be incredible. So that's one, like my, obviously Zoe Tunnel, the writer too, it's part of that too, but like, I'm just a nerd for Valentine Smith. So yeah, that would be my, my votes. Those are definitely good votes. So <laughs> uh, tell us again where we can find you. Uh, on Twitter at Paracelsus, P A R E. C-E-L-S-U-S and then at Metal Cathedral Metal like iron and then Cathedral like a church so Metal Cathedral and then the comic is 12 Saints MetalCathedral.com also on Webtoon also on Tapas you know I'm pretty I'm pretty upset that the Mets are good now why is that? because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97 year old pitching coach you mean Phil Regan? Yeah, th- that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been, like right now when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout chewing tobacco and saying shit like, send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of TV, you know what you need to do. Rate us and leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. 
Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelson and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time. Right? <laughs>